Welcome to the I Work For Him Power Pod. I'm Michael Miracle, producer for I Work For Him, the voice of the faith and work movement. We are on mission to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. Each quick listening power pod is designed with you in mind and jam-packed with kingdom resources to help you connect your faith and work. How will this impact your workplace? Let's find out right now. So today we're going to talk with Matt Bird from the Cinnamon Network International. Now before you think we've turned into the Food Radio Network, just know that today we're talking about the global kingdom movement that is happening all around the world. Matt Bird brings us his perspective all the way from across the pond in the UK. Matt Bird, welcome to I Work hey, For Him. it's great to be with you, Jim and Martha. How did you become a Jesus follower? I met some young people when I was 19 years old who loved Jesus. I thought they were rather weird. Uh, it made me feel uncomfortable, but I saw there was something about their faith that was very tangible and real, and I couldn't escape it. And uh, I remember hearing this guy talking about the about Jesus and what he'd done for me and his love and forgiveness for me, and I just asked somebody to pray with me. And that happened at the age of 19 years old, and I, I remember the following year I trained as a counsellor for the Billy Graham to Mission London campaign. Wow, uh, a year campaign. later. Yeah, just a year later. And I sat there every night listening to Billy, and at the end of the week I was convinced that God was also calling me to preach. And I've been preaching the gospel around the world ever since. That's pretty fantastic. That is. So, so with that, I mean, were you in school at the time when that happened? Were you thinking that you were going in one trajectory and this really led you in another? Or yeah, how, what happened I was. There? I was actually doing research and development in, the, in our Ministry of Defense in the UK and uh, working on the Trident-class submarines. Wow. And uh, so I was a point, what do they call a pointy head? Okay. <laughs> you know, geeky guy. <laughs> and, uh, what did met. you say that? Did you just say a naughty word on the air? Geeky. Geeky. Is that, is okay. that no to you? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was doing that and uh, meeting Jesus, and I was just sold out for him. And I must say, it was rather naive of me at the time, but I thought in, in order to serve Jesus with my life, I had to give up my job mm. and go and work in a church or for a Christian agency. And it was naive. It was wrong. But that's what I did. I gave everything up. Mm-hmm. And I went off to, uh, to Bible college and then I church planted and, and the story's gone on. So, I mean, but that story, we've heard that story from around the globe. That, a lot, that, that there's this whole misnomer that if you're going to be a Jesus follower, you can't possibly have a job out there in the industry, in the marketplace, in a workplace that's not in the pulpit or the mission field, that there's some sort of a second tier calling. You got the first tier, the pastor and the missionary, the second tier. Well, that's the rest of us. And just we're just supposed to there, be there to make money and then give it to the people who have the first tier calling totally distorted. but but that's you had the same experience we live six thousand miles from each other i grew up in minneapolis so that's seven thousand miles but you had exactly the same story absolutely but i've made up for it now because uh, i've started a number of businesses uh, and so alongside my ngo cinnamon network international i run a business called relationology now, ngo is one of those international uh, uh, acronyms so why don't you explain oh, yeah. that that's, yeah that's NGO. you hear about that on some of those you know great uh, uh, you know when you're watching like the I don't know the Nature Channel or something. <laughs> in, in it's more than that. It's a non-profit. It's a non-profit. But alongside my non-profit, I run a business called Relationology. I actually work into the financial services sector with banks, private banks, investment firms, helping them drive revenue growth by building powerful relationships with their clients. And actually, Jesus has called me to that, and wow. that is a full part of my ministry. At what point in time did, did, did the Lord smack you upside the head and say, 
<laughs> Matt, you've got this screwed up. No, you don't have to be a pastor to be my follower. And what time did you realize, hey, business people, people out there in the workplace, because it's the marketplaces and the workplaces around the globe, at what point in time do you say, they're making just as big of an impact. In fact, a lot of times out there in the marketplace and the workplaces of our globe, they actually have way more exposure to people that are pre-Christians, that are pre-believers than pastors do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, it was rather more basic than that. I thought, hey, one, one day I'm going to meet Mrs. Wright and I'm going to have kids and uh, I don't think I can support them living how I'm living. So I thought, I'm going to try and get myself a proper job. So, oh. so I did an MBA, and, and I'm not one for actually getting jobs. I've never had a job in my life. I've always created jobs. So I started something. And, uh, but, you know, I get the opportunity now to speak in front of audiences of business people. And, and whilst I'm not preaching, I am preaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got the same passion and motivation. Um, I'm actually teaching the same kingdom values in banks as I am in churches. Excellent. I was just thinking about this whole um, concept that you were saying, you know, we, we were made for relationship. And yes. I really wanted us to delve into that. But in terms of when you said, you know, and when I'm speaking at a bank and I'm sharing this. You didn't speak- say the bank. He said the Federal okay. Reserve. Any bank. Or any just any old bank. bank. But, um, but the whole concept that you are truly speaking life into them. And I can only imagine for some of those people who've not experienced relationship within the church, they just sp- are like sponges. Is that what you experience? Because you're saying something that they were created to hear. Yeah, I mean, relationships resonate with us all. Mm-hmm. And all the research says that we only become, we only thrive and flourish in relationship with other people. So the Harvard study of adult development, it's the longest longitudinal study in history, now running into eight decades. Mm. It, it, it's, the third director of study said happiness is love. You know, happiness in life is defined by a relationship with other people. The fourth director of studies, uh, Robert Waldinger, professor, he said uh, the quality of our relationships at 50 years old is the biggest influence on our health at 80 years old. So, yeah, cut the burgers, ooh, ooh, get say active. Say that again. The quality of our relationships at 50 years old is one of the biggest factors determining our health at 80 years old. So, yeah, cut out the burgers, uh, get off the sofa and... Get active, but more than wait, that. Wait, 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 wait. Get out there and build relationships. You said the quality of our relationship at 50 impacts our health at 80. You didn't say anything about quitting eating hamburgers. <laughs> no. I mean, I'm not saying don't. You, but but, you, but, wait a minute. But, but, but social relationships Listen, have a big... I'm sensitive to my hamburgers here, buddy. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't, <laughs> social sorry. relationships have a bigger impact on our health than our diet and our activity regime. In fact... There's another study, um, Social Relationships and Mortality Risk, uh, by Professor Juliet Holt-Langster from Brigham Young University. And she says that actually people with strong social relationships, their mortality risk is reduced by more than half. But we're all going to die. But we're you're, all saying die. you're saying the second half of life will be significantly more enjoyable and we will enjoy through the end of life if we have those deep relationships. That's what the Harvard research has shown. Well, and everything Harvard says is right. Well. Okay, all right. But you said that the they... The Bible says it's right. Ah, there yeah. you go. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> now you're listening. I know. See, see Harvard used to, was based on, there was founded on the principles of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Today, not so much. But, but you're saying after eight decades of them studying relationships, they understand now that love really does make the world go around. Yeah, and, and I love it when 
higher level research resonates with what the Bible tells us and teaches us. So I don't need to reference the Bible in banks. I just, I just talk about the research. But for me, it resonates with my understanding of who God is and who I am in God and, uh, and how people flourish and thrive in life. And it is through relationships in the commercial space. You will make more money if you have strong relationships. You will have higher performance as a leader if you have strong relationships. The facts are out there. Because the fact is, most people are accidental about relationships. And I, the, the, the core of my message and the core of my work is helping people stop being accidental and start being intentional about one of the most important ingredients of their lives, which is their relationships. I, I actually advise people to stop networking, Jim. Uh, stop networking and, build rela and start relationships. Because actually, the word, most people find networking uncomfortable. Most people here at the CLA conference will, be with, will not want to do networking or be networked. But they're really open to building authentic relationships. Yes. And I'm probably creating a straw man position. But, 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 That's okay, I got a lighter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you've been talk, stood talking to somebody and they've been asking you questions. You think they're interested in you. And then all of a sudden you think, they're just trying to check me out, see if I can be useful mm -hmm. to, to them or not. And if they think you can be useful, they'll stick around. If not, they'll, they'll shoot off. Or they're stood talking to you and we all, our eyes all wander, but they're constantly looking over your shoulder because they think, think somebody more important walked into the room. That's networking. That's why I hate networking working. I'm into building authentic, genuine relationships with people. So then define that for us. Help us to understand how, what are you having to um, break down in their thinking to get them to really think about relationship? Yeah, I mean, part of it is motivation. Because which in networking, you're taught give to get. Find somebody you want something from, then give to them so they'll give back to you. I mean, that's in a nutshell. Give to give. That's right. Mm -hmm. So uh, relationology is based on the principle of give to grow. Give into relationships. Give to the people you meet because you will grow through giving. Okay, but Jesus was a huge networker. Oh, maybe, maybe he was a relationologist. Because I would tell you that I think networking is the most powerful tool that has helped I work for him be able to cover stories across the country because we keep connecting. Okay, and, connecting. and I'm going to interrupt him because he is all about relationships. Okay. So I'm going to go with the live studio audience question. This is absolutely the first time that's ever happened for every one of our shows. Over 1,300 shows never had a question from a live audience. It's fantastic. This, this, that's right. So should we say thank you to the live audience? Thank you yeah. to our live audience. Live audience. Thank All right. That's right. Okay. Most of them are drinking coffee. They're, they're, that's right. Okay. So here's, love the topic of relationality. I have a different dilemma. I love relationships and networking, but I don't like the business part of things. How can I better navigate, navigate conversations between personal and professional without the yucky feeling? Gosh. That's a great oh. question. That's a great question. So you, you almost feel like you're prostituting yourself in order to have relationships so you can sell something. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, so I, I would basically advise you, don't, don't distinguish between professional and personal. I have a friend, a very senior chief executive of a big business, and he says to me, Matt, all relationships are personal. You can only have a personal relationship. So if you're finding it slightly uncomfortable switching between relating to your friends and personal relationships and then building relationships for your business, I'd encourage you to take down the wall, to take down the differentiation and basically say, actually, all my relationships are personal. Give to grow, don't give to get.
That's the, that's the girl. Oh, okay. All right. So explain that again. We got a lot of people tuning in after the bottom of the half hour. Sure. Uh, talk about what's that give to grow thing? Yeah. Well, in networking, you know, you're taught give to gain, give to grow. Find somebody you want something from and give to them so they'll give back, so they'll reciprocate. Uh, I find that just a little bit manipulative. So I, I, I advocate a motivation and approach called give to grow. Give into a relationship and be generous in a relationship so that you might grow and be changed as, an ex, as, as a result. And so that's the differentiation that I would draw between networking and relationology. And it's why I wrote the book. Yeah. Yeah. And coming back to your point, the Gallup research says that 80% of people don't leave their job they leave their manager. Yes. Right. They leave their ma- they're leaving a person, they're leaving a relationship because that manager is dysfunctional in one way or another. So, you know, if you're listening, you know, are you struggling with your manager? Uh, and uh, if you're a manager, are people struggling with you? Because the relationship between your team leader and your team is so critically important. It is about relationships. And if there's one thing that Jesus demonstrated over and 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 over again. He was interested in relationships. He yeah. was not interested. He's taking selfies while we're on the air. It's unbelievable. All right, just you're just uh, jealous. Okay, so I'm oh, jealous. You go. Right, so here we go. We're taking selfies on the air. All right. So, but Jesus demonstrated the relationships were most important. He was never interested in what people could give to him. He was interested in who they were and his re- and their relationship to his father. Yes. It was that was always his major concern. Yeah. So you, you wrote the relationology really as a plain glass version of truth that really comes from the scriptures. Absolutely. And it's what's at the heart of Cinnamon Network International. We're helping churches build a new relationship with their community and their city. So often churches are simply a Sunday show. And that's where all the resources and budget goes and we have a minimal impact on the culture in our communities and our cities and some of the the places in the world where you've got the highest levels of church attendance are also the places where there's the highest level of gun crime domestic violence and corruption why is that it's a privatized faith it's a it's a christian club land you know but actually the the church has a biblical mandate to build relationships in its community and city to see its transformation. The church is supposed to be the solution to all of the problems of society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Jesus is the answer to all the questions they're asking. Yet so often we all huddle within those four walls and we forget that. So Matt, we're talking about relationship and building it for, you know, this whole concept of instead of networking and shallow, what can you give me and I give you, real relationship. And you started to allude to the fact of the church and what, how the church's role in our cities. And yeah. what, let's talk about that conversation. Yeah, I mean, the Bible teaches us that we should seek the peace and prosperity of our cities. But so often churches are just seeking their own peace and their own prosperity. Uh, and it's about opening up. We're called, to be, we're called to color and flavor, to salt and light the environments in which we live. So often the places that have the highest number of Christians in the population are some of the very same places in the world where there are highest levels of corruption, domestic violence, and gun crime. So, Okay, can we do this? In the highest number of Christians, quote-unquote, I want to know what goes on in the cities where there's the highest number of Jesus followers, people that are really in, yeah. not by name, but they are sold out. Yeah, that's where we're seeing change and transformation, where the reputation of the church, instead of being known Excuse me. Instead of being known as a bunch of irrelevant bigots, bigots um, who are just down on 
everybody else. They're actually known for being for people and making a difference in the city and contributing to the life of the city. And actually, the church is known as being good news. I mean, how absurd is that? What an idea! Whoa! Who came up with that? (laughs) I believe, therefore, churches need to serve their communities regardless of whether anybody comes to Christ or comes to church. Because if we do it with that motive of only building them into the kingdom in that way, people see through it. Yeah. But when we love them freely as Jesus has loved us, of course they end up coming to Christ and come to church. But it's come back to these relationships. Mm-hmm. Are we networking people into our church <laughs> or are we building authentic relationships with people? And it's like the it. same motivational question. You can listen to I Work Ram with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work for, for him. him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him Power Pod with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Want more? Hear the full broadcast at IWorkForHim.com. Stay connected and receive power pack content when you sign up for our blog at IWorkForHim.com or follow us on social media at IWorkForHim. And finally, if today's message inspired you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review helps launch more workplace missionaries across the nation. That's at I Work For Him and online, IWorkForHim.com.